Blog Talk Radio. I'm Tim Bespainer, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing good. Finally got some spring going on. I know we had some bad weather come through here uh, early early Sunday morning. I think y'all had some bad weather come through also. Wasn't it like Sunday afternoon or something like that? Yeah, we had some come through Sunday night in the early Monday morning. Um, some pretty nasty stuff through here for a little while, but blew out of here in about a half hour or so, and uh, uh, looks like we're pretty good to go for a while, hopefully. Yeah, that's right, brother. I think we got some bad stuff coming back again. Uh, you know, we're off Friday for Good Friday, and uh, no, I think we got some bad stuff coming back here. But uh, enough about the weather. Uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Despain. He's Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Coming up here shortly at 20 after the hour, we've got president, track president, Todd Super Speedway, Mr. Grant Lynch is going to swing by and talk to us. I know you and I both still have a ton of questions to ask him. And uh, if our listeners want to call in and ask Grant a question, I'm pretty sure he would be glad to. But before we get to Grant Lynch and the upcoming week, uh, next weekend here at Todd Super Speedway, my home track, Stephen, you ventured out there at your home track, Richmond Raceway. The new fan amenities there. Can you talk a little bit about everything that Richmond and Dennis Bickmeyer and his team done there to upgrade everything, just like my track, Talladega, is doing with the new transformation deal? Just talk about your weekend at uh, 
Richmond State and let our fans know exactly just how just how big a deal that is there for Dennis and his team there at Richmond Raceway. Well, they put about thirty million dollars into the infield to, to completely redo it, and now it's just—I uh, mean, it's, it's just a cup garage down there. Um, they built this large fan grounds on the inside of the racetrack that uh, you can go down and take a look at and um, get pretty much right up next to the cars, uh, similar to how uh, how they are at uh, Daytona or kind of. Uh, what they're doing in Talladega, so it just kind of gets you, uh, as a fan, a little bit closer to to the cars, and uh, you know they've got all kinds of things going on down there. Both they did a pre-race down there where they bring the drivers out from the garages, and uh, they did. It's uh, more of a community victory lane that pretty much everybody can see now and be a part of, and fans on the inside can uh, go down and be a part of that, and. Um, just a lot of things to do down there than uh, just going through and looking at some cars. Sounds good, brother. And to talk about your race weekend, like uh, like I said, you and your darling wife, I am, but y'all were there to cover the weekend's events. Uh, we had the uh, 32nd Union Toyota Care 250, and also we had the Toyota Owners Care 400 there at Richmond Raceway. Uh, talk a little bit about Cole Custer, Stephen. He won, a, won the race, plus he won that dash for cash deal, which he will be going for that here at my home track also in a couple of weeks. Him and Allegar, Allegar I think there's three or four, there's, there's four of them. But talk a little bit about, if you want to, the NASCAR Xfinity Series deal there at uh, at Richmond. Yeah, I think I had it not been for Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell was kind of strong throughout the entire race. Not, not to say that uh, Cole Custer wasn't himself, but... Uh, I think it would have been a tough feat uh, to uh, to go against Christopher Bell and win $100,000 had he had not had his issues there um, with the tires and uh, damage. And, you know, it's just uh, he, he's been strong here lately. He was strong at Bristol a week before. But, you know, Cole has come to this track, and he's performed well on this track before. Um, and for him to outlast Christopher Bell, a very strong car in the first third or so of the race um, before he was passed. Um, it, it, it was um, it was amazing to see, especially the talent between some of the younger drivers that we're going to start talking about more and more often and Paul Custer as he continues to develop that we'll talk about him more both in this series and whatever he's got planned uh, for his future, which... Uh, will most likely be cup one day, just as Christopher Bell will. Uh, but th- there's some strong drivers right now in the field, and I think Cole Custer and, you know, Christopher Bell, before his issues kind of showed that, um, you know, we've got a lot of talent coming up at this point. And and, and to, to NASCAR's credit, too, um, just like just like Friday night and Saturday night, they, uh, they did everything – under the sun to make sure that these two races went to completion and uh, you have to give it to NASCAR and the safety crews, the on-track officials and everybody else um, to keep this track raceable throughout the entire weekend in the face of Mother Nature that continued to barrel down on the track. Um, I, I just have to, you know, you have to thank everybody for everything that they did. That's right. Kudos to NASCAR, uh, the Air Titans, everything that, that they all do since they've come up with them Air Titans. Even that's probably the best, one of the best things since Slash Priya that has come along that uh, that has really done something like that. And I want to touch on base with you also uh, to let our listeners know if they didn't know there there were no Cup drivers in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race there at Richmond. There will be no NASCAR, no top tier Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series drivers able to compete in the dash for cash, Stephen, at any track that they're running this dash for cash. Just want to throw that out there and get and get your thoughts on that. Sort of let our listeners know exactly why they're doing it, because that's for the Xfinity drivers, correct? Yes, just for the Xfinity drivers. Um, you know, NASCAR and the series sponsor Xfinity continue to look for ways to shine a light on the talent that's within the series itself. 
And uh, by barring those stars from the Cup Series, it gives these drivers an opportunity to compete head-to-head against one another for, um, you know, this kind of recognition that, you know, the $100,000 is, is nice, but they also have this recognition um, that we talk about them and we talk about some of the, um, you know, we talk about some of the other drivers that are within the Xfinity series, even though they might not be going to the dash for cash. Um, it just gives us an opportunity and the series sponsor an opportunity to just really just highlight those stars. And Stephen, I also want to touch on you and mention some of these uh, drivers that are having really good runs, you know, like Cole Custer, uh, Austin Sandrick, um, just now, going to Reddick. They're all, they've been running good all season long. But I want to mention Ryan Sieg. Ryan Sieg had a top five finish there. We, I think we've had Ryan on the show one time. I, I can't remember. But that's what you, Ryan is sort of one of them lower tier teams. Or maybe I'd say probably a, instead of an A or a C, he's probably a B class team. But that was a good one run for Ryan Sieg there at Richmond. And a lot of drivers get, get to fill these short tracks at your home track there. Uh, but Ryan Sieg done a hell of a job of coming up with the top five, bro. I mean, he's done pretty pretty good all year long. If you take a look at the way that they've uh, the way they've turned that team around, and I know a lot of that comes from the fact of uh, you know they they moved out of their old shop, they're in a new shop, they're bringing on new sponsors, they've bought and built new cars for this year instead of uh, finding old chassis that you know have been well used. Um, you know, this team is you know you know, looking for that next level of competition and I think that they found it. They found it. They're we're talking about Ryan Zeke, I think, on a more weekly basis now, as somebody that, you know, we've honestly not talked a lot about in the past where he's been one of those mid pack drivers. And he'd have every once in a while we'd talk about him, but now we uh, now we talk. We seem to be talking about him more and more just because of some of the things that he's putting together, and I think that it's showing right now as to uh, the dedication of that team and the investment that they're making to um, be more competitive. That's right. So let's move on to before we get Grant coming on here shortly. About seven minutes. We got Grant Lynch, President Titus Superstore, is going to swing in like a pit stop was. The Monster Engine Astro Cup Series was also there for the 65th running of the Toyota Owners 400 there at Richmond. And Martin Truex Jr. got his first win with Joe Gibbs Racing, his first win at Richmond Raceway. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was his 20th uh, top tier series win, Stephen. Am I correct? It was also the first time he's won on a short track in 81 attempts. So, um, you know, it's a, you know, for him to be able to break that and break through, um, not just in Joe Gibbs, but I think a lot of people just, they, they knew he was going to win at some point over there. It's just, it wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. But the question continues to be, or continued to be posed to him that, you know, you, you've been in the series for quite some time, like quite a number of years, and, you haven't won on a short track at all. And, you know, he finally broke through after, like I said, 81 events um, to get his first short track series win. Steven, uh, I think we've mentioned it a couple of times in some of our previous shows. Uh, your Penske cars, your Toyota cars, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing there, they have won all the races this year. The top finish in Chevrolet there at your home track at Richmond was, I think, was Austin Dillon. I think he finished P6. And the Hendrick Bunks, they've been struggling also. What, in your opinion, what do you think is going on with the, is it is it the Chevrolet or is it just the different teams are, is Toyota and the Mustangs and Penske got everything, got more stuff figured out than what the Chevrolet teams have? Yeah, I think since Chevrolet has come into the series with Camaro, that they just really haven't had a good showing like they thought that they were. And, you know, it's typically indicative of the fact of when a, a manufacturer switches bodies uh, in, in, in the series that, you know, many, many times it's you, you go out there and you don't, necessarily perform like you were on a chassis that you or in a body that you've been using for, you know, 
however number of years prior, you know, there's just not a whole lot of notes uh, aside from some testing and wind tunnels and whatever else that you do, whatever else you do through the certification process. Um, so, you know, the Mustangs they have seemed to be able to come right out the gate and have been very, very fast and very competitive right from the get-go, right in speedways when Kevin Harvick won one, 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 one of the duels. And while Hendrick Motorsports um, sat on the pole there for the Daytona 500, um, they just continue to have um, issues that are, you know, not necessarily on, uh, or that aren't necessarily on the performance level of some of these other teams. And, with the amount of money that Toyota is, is putting into the sport, just in engineers and uh, technology uh, to to build these cars and to test these cars, and especially now they're bringing the Super in, um, you know, I, I think they're well ahead, both the Mustang and the current current car that, uh, or the two current vehicles that, that Toyota has entered between the x Series and, and the Cup Series, that, that they're well above the curve of the Camaro at this point, and Chevrolet is just trying to play catch-up. And, Stephen, i got some breaking news right quick. Let me go ahead and play this breaking. i got some breaking news out of the Boston Marathon. Let me go ahead and play the breaking news. This just in from the Boston Marathon, Stephen. Uh, Jimmy Johnson has been uh, has been penalized for his speedo being too right, too tight in his right rear, and they have docked him two minutes on time there. Well, I didn't get a laugh out of it. You there, brother? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I I hit the button on to it, and I thought I was talking to you, but I muted it. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there, just. Just some little, uh, what's, what's that thing on Facebook, that shits and giggles stuff, just, just a little bit of that. But, Stephen, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the NASCAR drivers have been under fire from uh, a lot of the other sticking ball sports about them not being athletes. And I think Jimmy Johnson proved them wrong yesterday. He finished the Boston Marathon in three hours, nine minutes, and two seconds, which is, a, I think, 26 miles something run. Just to see some of this stuff on social media, Stephen, uh, Jimmy was more than excited. He was exonerated about finishing the Boston Marathon. Yeah, you know, this is this is something that he's been preparing for for quite some time, and we've seen other drivers enter into uh, not necessarily Boston Marathon, but we've seen other drivers um, getting into running in more fitness sports, bikes, and et cetera. Um, and this is just something that Jimmy Johnson has a passion for, and I think if, you know, it's just, if it's not you know, something that he's going to be able to do every year, but it's something that he can say he went out there and did, and he put up a, a very respectable time, three hours and whatever you said, 22 minutes or something, I think is what it was. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, you know, it just shows that, you know, these, these it continues to show that these drivers that are in the sport are, are athletes, and I think, you know, we can kind of start just putting that argument to bed that we've heard over the years of these drivers are, you know, um, not athletes or whatever the case. Somebody wants to make it out, and I think you just need to look at Jimmy Johnson and Jamie McMurray and, uh, you know, some of these other current and former drivers that have participated in, in other sports or, you know, other endurance events. That's right, Steve. And, you know, like I mentioned uh I think Jimmy Johnson started like on mountain bike riding. There's a lot of the drivers that do bike bike riding, as you as you know, and you know just like me with my hip replacement, my doctor told me to excuse me, ride a bicycle, get in a pool, move move around, keep that keep that hip moving. But like you mentioned, there's a lot of drivers that do that do this fitness stuff, and they eat well. They watch what they eat, unlike myself. I know I don't watch what I eat, and I definitely need to. But just to throw this out there, Stephen, uh, whoever mentioned that quote about NASCAR drivers are not athletes, just like I said, I want them to look at Jimmy Johnson. And like you mentioned, uh, did you mention, uh, I can't remember, but just several NASCAR drivers, they – 
some of them go to these tracks, they get up first thing in the morning, they do a mile run, two mile run, or what have you. They get up before the sun comes up, and they go out. They have to be fit. And I think we've talked about it on this show more than on multiple occasions. Some of these drivers, when we get to the to the hot part of the summer, they can lose up to ten or twelve pounds sweating that off inside that inside that race car, and that's tough on the body, Stephen. That's got to be tough on the body, losing the weight, gaining the weight, losing the weight, gaining the weight. But I don't know, brother. Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you go to a place like Darlington, South Carolina, and you're running 500 miles, or the Coca-Cola 600 in the middle of May. Um, you know, we hear of these drivers that, you know, they sit in intense heat, sometimes in the 150, 160-degree race within, I mean, within the race car, and they're out there for three, four, five hours or whatever the case it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, these drivers have uh, – engineered electrolytes within the car that, you know, can maintain um, certain minerals within the body. But And these things have become fairly uh, engineered, like even in the NFL, for example. Um, you know, every 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 athlete has a, has a different mixture or a different body compound uh, of electrolytes that they, that they want to preserve throughout an event. So they... Uh, engineer these things directly for the driver or the athlete themselves. Uh, and, and we still see drivers get out the car and go and get three or four bags of uh, fluids put into them a- after an event sometimes. And we've seen what happened to Casey Kane last year where I think he lost something like 13 pounds or 14 pounds. He ended up having to go to Anfield Care Center, get several bags of fluids, and then he never got in a race car ever. He didn't get in a race car again in NASCAR. Um now he's back sprint driving, but sprint car driving. But you know he, you know these these are just the things that drivers go through, and their bodies change within the race. Um, you know, in a three hour race or four hour race, and especially like you said, in the in the summertime, you've got you know May, June, July, and August, and even parts of September where they're in very hot and humid climates. That's right, brother. And, Stephen, while we're waiting on track Preston here, Todd, so Super Speedway Grant Lynch, while we're waiting on him, let's, let's take a little break, uh, step off the side, and listen to a little bit of the uh, Media Center audio from Richmond Raceway with uh, Martin Truex Jr., Coach Gibbs, and Crew Chief Copern. All right, we're going to get started with our post-race media availability as we are joined by members of our race-winning team from tonight's Toyota Owners 400 here at Richmond Raceway. We have team owner, Coach Joe Gibbs, and we have crew chief Cole Pern with the number 19 Auto Owners Insurance Toyota. We will open up to questions for Coach and Cole. We'll start over here with Davey. Far right. Davey Siegel with Front Stretch. This is one for either one of you. You can take it. Uh, the last six or five races, I think you guys, Martin, has led believe almost 600 laps and something at the end has happened to kind of derail your guys' chances. Were you guys kind of waiting for that to happen, the bad luck to kind of go your way again, or were you thinking this finally might be the time? I was waiting to get past because I didn't think we were very good. So, um, yeah, usually when running away from it, you're worried about the, the good luck side or the bad luck coming in. But, uh, you know, tonight it was uh, just a matter of grinding it out, and, you know, Martin was able to do that. So, uh yeah, I mean, I know when the 22 got clear and got to her bump here, like, oh, man, here we go. But uh, we managed to make it through and had a lot better result than the last time that happened. We'll go to Don and then come up front. It's for Coach Gibbs. Uh, I know Martin was itching to get his first win. Uh, were you, you know, telling them stories about your first season with the Redskins and how, you know, <laughs> it took a little bit longer than you expected to get your first win and that it would come? I should have done that. Uh, 0-5 was that was that was brutal. Uh, but uh, I think for Cole and Martin, we just we wanted them to get that win because I think a lot of things this year haven't gone well for them in races, and I think we've really been good. We know how good they are, and so they were the ones that were putting pressure on themselves. It wasn't me. I kept trying to encourage them and say, look, we're going to get this. Don't worry about it. But I know how competitive they are, Cole and 
Martin both and the whole team there and our pit crew t this was a huge deal tonight for our pit crew for them to really perform well that's kind of a new group be able to get this win it's a huge deal for them and then of course for our sponsors we have a new sponsor on that car at auto owners and Jeff Taxel and all those guys everybody here knows this sport you can't race without a great sponsor and so that was a huge deal for us. I called Johnny Morris because he's also on that car and Bass Pro and Cabela's. It's just a huge deal for us all the way around. But I, I think they were the ones that were upset and putting pressure on it. It wasn't me. We're going to come up front and then go to Hank and Al. Peter Strada with TSJ 101 Sports. Uh, Coach, what's it mean to get the 19 car back in victory lane? It means a lot to us. Um, you know, you kind of go through a lot over these, and we were – had a great alliance with Barney and everybody over there at the 78 and got to know these guys and we really, you know, admired them, how well they ran and what they were able to do. And when everything took place and uh, last off season, then I know for Toyota and Dave and everybody's here, we wanted to make sure that Martin and Cole and the team there uh, tried, we want to try and keep them together and keep them with us and keep them inside Toyota. So that was our push, and that's what we wanted. And I'm sure glad that we got that done. We'll go to Hank, Al, and then Bob. Coach, you guys have won six of nine races. Can you possibly be that much better than everybody else, or what's going on? <laughs> no, I think uh, sometimes you in pro sports, you know, you get on a roll, things go well. For instance, last week, you know, we didn't have the best car. Everybody here knows that, you know. The two Fords are better than us, and that pit, that pit stop just worked out perfectly for us, and we got Kyle out front. But I, I think that's the reason why you need to enjoy it in pro sports, because you know it's not going <laughs> to odds are this ain't going to keep happening. But we, we, there are times when teams get on a run and a roll, and I appreciate our guys, and certainly getting Cole and Martin on board with a win is a huge deal for us, and I know it's a huge deal for Toyota. But I also know it's very hard in pro sports to stay up there. And we're just getting going in the season, but we're going to work hard at it. But it's a hard thing to do. Go to Al, Bob, and then the press box. Yeah, uh, Cole, Al Pierce from Auto Week right here. Um, I'll ask Martin when he gets up here, but you might have a feel for it. He was 0 for 81 or 2, whatever the number is, <laughs> had never won on a short track in 80-some tries. Was tonight dramatically different on track that got him this first victory on a short track, or have there been other occasions when he maybe should have won a short track race? Yeah, I think there's a lot of other races that we've been way better than uh, than we were tonight and uh, had something happen and, and go wrong. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day tonight, we just executed well. We didn't really have the best car, but, uh, you know, we had good restarts and good pit stops and managed traffic well and just kept our nose up there all day and uh ultimately that was enough i know uh i know a lot of other times we've been uh had a lot like i said a lot better cars and 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 didn't have it work out so to uh to get to get it over the hump and not have to be something we have to talk about anymore is uh is a good feeling and and just getting a win is uh is a great thing go to bob um i have two one for each first cole um bob parker's fox sports uh was Part of the win today, getting through Tech, um, of all the guys who uh, failed, I think only Hamlin was top ten. And you know, usually we see guys have to start in the rear and they can drive right through. Yeah, I mean, track position definitely was important. I know, um, you know, as we kind of, we were, I think, fifth or so at the start, and we just kind of clogged our way through there a bit and through pit stops and restarts. And every time we got close to the front, it, it drove better for sure. So, uh you know, it was definitely a race of managing that. We were, did swap the lead back and forth with the two there on that one run. You know, they were they were better than us for a bit and, and got by us, and then we were able to kind of clean it up and, and get back by him. So it was uh, that was a good feeling for sure. But, you know, I know uh, as good as Kyle was early in the race and then uh, him having to go to the back for speeding, you know, it was definitely difficult for him to, to get back through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I think that's key everywhere. But, you know, definitely, uh, definitely tonight it, it mattered for sure. And kind of on that same note for Joe, did did you think that Hamlin and Eric would have maybe have an, a little easier time or be able to rally from having to start in the back? And are you good with the way things are kind of being officiated? To be truthful, I was I, I was pretty confident that we could handle that. 
you know, and get back to the front. Is kind of what you're saying. And, and obviously, I think it was much tougher. Now, Eric went right back up there, got in the top ten. We just messed him up, really did. And then Denny wound up at the end getting there. But uh, I think to, tonight it was definitely a factor. If you went to the back, you're going to have a tough time getting back through there. And Kyle, I think, is a good example of that. We're going to go up to the press box for a question. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Cole, uh, and, and since Martin's there, if, if, if you can address it also, uh, Joey kind of felt like he felt like he lost control of the race when you guys took the lead off off a of pit road on that pit stop. Um, how much did that kind of change things? I know there was an exchange of leads at, at one point, but how much did that kind of change things or put you guys in control? And what did that allow you guys to do toward the end? Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was key for us. I mean he was, uh, you know, I felt like we were pretty equal to them all night. Maybe uh, he was a little bit better on the long run than we were, but. Uh, Definitely getting it out in front of them on, on pit road and getting them stuck back a little bit in traffic was uh, was good for us and and uh, you know I think uh, just like we were talking about earlier it, it was difficult to get back through there and we're fortunate enough to be on the on the right side of it. Before we continue, does anyone have any further questions for Cole so we can move him on to the next step in his day? All right, Cole, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. And as everyone sees, we've been joined by Martin Truex Jr., the winning driver of that number 19 auto owner's insurance Toyota. We'll go down here with a couple of questions. We have Noah, Peter. Noah Lewis, TSJ Sports. Martin, I was speaking to you pre-race, and I said, man, you've got you to gotta win tonight to get that, that monkey off your back so we can have a different story coming into a short track with you. Uh, you were able to get that done tonight. How special is that for you? Well, it feels awesome, you know, honestly, uh, to finally get that first win, um, not only on a short track, but here at Richmond at a track where we've been so strong the last couple seasons and led so many laps and had, had some real, real heartbreakers, some that were really tough, you know, some really tough losses. And, uh, you know, they um, sometimes those things are uh, they're hard to hard to get through, but they make you stronger and make you, um, you know, appreciate the good days. So, you know, today we didn't have the best car and you know, it just uh, it worked out the way we needed it to, thanks to a great team and uh, a pit crew that, you know, just was – we beat the crap out of them this week, I'll be honest with you. You know, loose wheel at Bristol last week took us, you know, out of a chance to maybe to win, and we beat them up pretty good all week long. And, um, you know, they stepped up tonight, and they did a great job. They got us the lead and put us in control of the race and was, was really the difference. So just uh, honestly, I'm really proud of those guys. Um, they have a really, really tough job. And – it seems we only talk about them when uh, when they screw up. So I'm really happy for them. I'm really proud of them, and uh, really proud to um, to get all these guys on the 19 team and uh, here in Victory Lane, and um, you know our first our first win uh, here at JGR. So it feels feels incredible. I'm gonna stay down here in the front for a couple more questions, and then go up to the press box. Peter Strada, TSJ Sports. Martin, tonight was your 20th career Cup Series win. Does that number hold any personal significance? It's better than 19. You know, 21 will be better than 20. So, uh, you know, we had some really tough, uh, some heartbreakers last year, you know, thinking back to Martinsville and the Roval and then Homestead finishing second. And, um, you know, being so close to winning a couple times this year already, it's just uh, anytime you can win, it's special. These things are so difficult. Um, I can't even, you know, I know I know everybody knows it's hard, but I just, I just don't know if people understand the level of difficulty in this series and, and what it takes to win. So, I'm just really happy for everybody involved and um, really thankful for a great opportunity to work with a great team and a lot of great people. And um, Coach leads, leads one heck of a team back there in Huntersville. So uh, I'm just really happy to be a part of that and uh, hopefully continue to hold up my end of the deal. Go ahead, Davey. Davey Siegel, front stretch. Over here, Martin. Uh, last week you said that you all you had to do <coughs> was lead the last one because last five <laughs> races you've led almost 600 laps here. But I asked Cole the same thing. He said that he was more concerned with you holding off the 22 and the 14 because he didn't think that you guys were going to be able to. Was What was going through your mind? Were you more so thinking, when's the bad luck going to strike again, or let me just focus on holding off these guys? Well, I, I mean, I knew I was in, in trouble with, you know, 30, 35 to go. I mean, I just I, – my car got really tight. I couldn't get it to turn. I was like – I seen them back there, and I knew what lap times they were running. I knew what I could run, and I knew that – you know, once they started closing the gap, I was having to overdrive my car, and, and I was just making it worse. So I just tried to save a tiny little bit, if I could, until they got to me. And, and from there, it was just, um, you know, try not to screw up and 
trying not to give them a free, you know, free shot at you, a free, you know, run around the outside going into three or something like that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the hardest part really was catching guys on the tail end of the lead lap and trying to lap them to put a gap on the 22 and the 14. And, and anytime I could get a car between us, I could do really good. But I'd drive up to the next car, and then I'd get stuck again. And so, you know, the reason to really, the, the real reason that race was so good at the end and so exciting was because none of us had any, any air on our cars. You know, the, the, the guys on the tail end of the lead lap right in front of me, I was faster than them, but I couldn't get any closer. And so I had no air. Uh, just as much as the 14 and the 22 did. And then we just were all searching for something and sliding. And we had no grip at all. And so that's what made it, I think, a cool race. And I was just uh, honestly just glad we were able to hold them off. It, was, it wasn't going to be much longer. I mean, I was struggling. So it uh, feels good to get it. We're going to go up to the press box for a pair of questions. John Harvon, NM Motorsports Report. Um, what's really the biggest, I guess, you know, what means the most to you for this win? Is it that you got your first win with uh, Coach? Is it that you got your 20th career win, which is something only 40 drivers have done? Or is it that you finally won a short track? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't pick one of those. They're all awesome. <laughs> Stay up in the press box for another question. Nick Vandelock, Garrison. Um, Martin, you know, uh, expanding on uh, the question from a couple of uh, questions ago, um, you know, looking at the uh, last 50 laps when Clint was closing, you know, he got under you, um, you know, what was kind of key to maintaining in the, uh, the outside lane there, um, you know, being able to clear him with 20 to go? Just being able to get the drive up off the corner, you know, I, I knew if he was going to get a, you know, get beside me, I wanted him to be inside me, not outside me. You know, I'd lost the lead earlier on the out, you know, to a guy on the outside and when you get a guy on your outside, you just can't get off the corner. You can't get the throttle down. You just spin the tires. So, um, you know, I, when he when he had that big charge, I just I gave him the bottom. I went to the to the outside and in hopes I could hold him off, and um, I was able to. So, um, just made the right decision there. That's you know sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, and that that one worked out for us. And Stephen, uh, just let all our, all of our listeners know the number to call in is two one five three eight. Three thirty-six eighty-one. Grant Lynch had something come up and he couldn't join us. So guess who we got? We got the track PR, PR director for Talladega Super Speedway, my good friend, Mr. Russell Branham. Let's welcome him, him into the pit stop with Tim Payne and Stephen. Wood. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Russell, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing all right, Tim. You got the leftovers tonight, man. It ain't the leftovers. I understand Grant had something come up, but thank you for calling in. Uh, we've got Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com, a good friend right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth. He's in here with us. And, Russell, you sent out the note today uh, that I actually sent it out to on my website. I think Grant, Grant must still be out there at the track trying to paint that 2.66-mile monster with that double yellow line. That's probably where he's at, ain't he, Russell? <laughs> he probably is. That was uh, pretty cool. I tell you, it's, it's um, really cool to be able to see something come to fruition. Uh, you know, we started that tunnel way back in October, and to be able to come as far as we have to put the final touches on it, uh, the, the asphalt there where it meets, you know, there at the very end of the straightaway, and, and we're going into turn three there just as smooth as silk, and uh, I think the drivers and the competitors are going to like it. But <clears throat> that's one of the things that you got to make sure that you do. You know, you put that, that double line down there, just set that out-of-bounds line to make sure that no driver passes below that double yellow line. And then also you have the other white lines that are reference points for them as they're going around that racetrack. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice to, to, to see everything come full circle from where we were in October. We've got that nice new tunnel. We also painted lines on our finish line premium area which is there inside of turn one or from the finish line to turn one there some great great spots there with full hookups and everything like that so the fans are really going to enjoy that and you know i look up above the tri-oval and if you fl- 
drive by the racetrack here on I-20 today, you'll see a big steel structure, a steel outline of what looks like a rectangular box. And what that is going to be is a new control tower for NASCAR, as well as our broadcasting partners, Fox and NBC, as well as MRN Radio and the PR booth. So, excuse me, the PA booth. So um, a lot of things going on right now that we'll have ready you know, for next weekend for the GEICO 500, uh, our cup race, our general tire 200, and also the money line 300. Uh, but when the checker flag falls on Sunday, we'll have a lot going on as far as mass demolition, uh, tearing down a lot of buildings, getting ready for that new Talladega garage experience in the fall. So uh, a lot of things we've got going on right now for this race. Got a lot more coming down the path. And Russell, can you talk a little bit about uh, the engineer, Lance? Uh, you know, uh, you've invited us out to some of the media events there, and thank you very much for taking care of us media people. Not not mm-hmm. only myself and Stan, but all the all the local TV people too. You you and your team, y'all do a great job. But can you talk a little bit about? Lance mentioned that they this is one of the rainiest winters that we've had in a long time. They had to pump like over three million gallons out of that tunnel to keep working on it. They worked on it 24-7, Russ. I mean, you know, you yeah. you, you got to give him as a, a big, uh, you know, cool pal. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, actually, it's it's actually closer to about 40 million gallons of water that they had to pump out of there. Uh, thank goodness we had a great pumping system. And what it does, it pumps that system, that water is pumped out to about three-quarters of a mile outside of turn one and two. We have a creek over there, and uh, we're able to pump that out. And, and uh, they have really done they, – they've been going around the clock uh, for a lot of this time, having to battle the weather. We've had a lot of rain, as you said, and uh, I give them credit. You know, they are locally based here in Oxford, Alabama, and they've done an unbelievable job with this project so far. And, uh, you know, in, in addition, you'll see whenever you come to the restaurant, you'll see a lot of new roads in there that have been paved and everything on the inside, too, to, to get people uh, where they need to go. And, um, I tell you, it's just really, really great. And we were extremely excited they were able to use a local company. And uh, Lance Taylor from Taylor Corporation and, and those folks working closely with our International Speedway Corporation design and development team. Of course, Mike McWilliams, our old director of operations, is overseeing that for ISC. So it's been a great team effort by a lot of people. And I tell you, we've seen a, a host of individuals out there overboard to try to make this thing work and when you see it finished the way it is today it really makes you put a big smile on your face it, a lot of hard work paid off you got that right brother and russell i know your time is limited you know i'll get to you on and off text and email and all that but uh i want to hand you over to speedwaydigest.com mr stephen wilson i know he's got a ton of questions maybe you can answer all all them but Again, Russell, thank you every, for everything that you do for Suzanne and I. Thank you for everything that you do for NASCAR. And thank you for everything that you do for us media people. Russell, we really appreciate you. Thank you for filling in for granted. I'm going to throw you over to Stephen Wilson. Well, I certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to do it and glad you're part of the team out here. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. Uh, what do you think is the most complicated thing that you guys go through each and every year putting these events on? And how much planning goes in to try and overcome some of the complications that you you, you may face? I don't know that there's, a, that there's one thing that is more difficult. Uh, I think the challenge is every year for us to be able to to do new and different things for, for the, the fans that we've got, uh, but also to be able to attract new fans. So, you know, the thought is, what do we do to make sure that our fans who've been coming for years, that we make sure we present them with a great experience, um, you know, and make them want to continue to come back for the years, you know, to come. But what do we also do to attract the new race fans? So we We've implemented a lot of different programming with, our, with kids' programming, with college. Uh, we're looking at a STEM program that we're going to be announcing later this year um, from, from, a, from a young people standpoint. But also, what do we do for our military, our first responders, uh, our educators? So we've been able to put together a lot of different programs. You know, we're we're one of the, the few tracks that's able to do a, an event during the weekend where we implement drivers and their participation to do different things inside the racetrack with our big one boulevard on 
Friday night. So it's, you know, it's trying to come up with different ideas. Uh, every, every, and we're in an ever-changing world of, of, of a fan, you know. Uh, a lot of fans want to get things over with quicker and uh, this kind of thing. Um, you know, how do you appease to all of those different fans? And we, we look at things outside. Listen, we've got the greatest racing that there is on the planet. You know, nowhere else can you find three and four wide competition at 200 miles per hour, inches apart, three wide for, for so many laps. Uh, we've got that, that situation there pretty well handled, and NASCAR's done a very good job of, of helping with that. Um, what we have to do is continue to find things off the racetrack to make it a great experience for everybody. And, you know, it's a, it's trial and error. You've got to try different things to see if they work. And if they don't work, we're going to continue to try different things to, to try to accomplish that and make sure that we give the opportunity to fans to come and have a good time. So it's, it's a never-ending struggle to try to come up with ways to, to make sure that people come to Talladega and let us separate ourselves not only from other racetracks but other sporting venues as well. The next year in the 2020 schedule, they're, they've shaken this thing up quite a bit. We're, we're going to see more short tracks. We're going to see road courses into it. But you guys are, are going to be pinned right from Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, Las Vegas, and then behind that, um, you know, they're going to go to the Charlotte Road Course. So over the preceding, you know, five or six weeks in the first part of the schedule, NASCAR, NASCAR drivers are going to be seeing very different racetracks of different sizes and different configurations. <clears throat> How does this play into you guys now being, well, you, you've been part of playoffs before, but, you know, how, how does this now maybe restructure your race going into 2020 and your thinking in 2020 of, uh, you know, drivers and what they're going to be looking at? I don't know that it, quote, changes us uh, from our thought process. I think, you know, we, we have our niche. We, we're, we're the biggest racetrack that there is in NASCAR. We're the widest racetrack in NASCAR. We're the only one that's banked 33 degrees. Um, we, along with Daytona, um, run at speeds of 200 miles per hour, where the draft is a huge, huge part of it. And it's it's like it's unlike that any other racetrack. So we we have our own niche. We we're different from everybody else. And the only racetrack that is close to us, as far as being like us, is Daytona, which is our sister track. So, I, you know, I don't know that that there's an answer to that as far as uh, us changing the way we look at things. Um, you know, when NASCAR brings a different rule, rules package or whatever to a racetrack, naturally you're going to take a look at that, but um, it, as far as how we plan and, and what other racetracks are doing and, and what the schedule is, uh, I don't really know that it really affects us uh, that that much. We we know what kind of a product that we've got. Um, it, you know, from a pure competition standpoint, we're second to none. We we own all the records as far as competition, as far as the, lead, the most lead changes, uh, the most leaders for an race. Uh, the, the 88 lead changes, that's the record in NASCAR, has been done twice at our place. And, of course, you know the, the, the changes in leaders are only counted at the start-finish line. As far as passes for the lead at our place, we've had several races that have been nearly 250. So I, I don't know if the schedule does anything to affect us in that way. I think the product that we've got on the racetrack and the product that we've been able to provide with fans off the racetrack is second to none. So Whatever happens with the schedule is fine. We, as a venue, we're staying pretty well close to where we've been. You know, we'll be in the, we'll be in the same slot in April next year. We'll be moving up one week in October. So um, I, I, I feel pretty good about where we are. Brian, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and talk to us. And uh, I know you've got a weekend off coming up, but good luck. Coming into uh, you know your race weekend next week, and uh, before we let you get out of here, let everybody know where they can buy race tickets at. Anything you have left for uh, infield or uh, passes or tours or RV spots, uh, the floor is yours. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, very simple. Uh, for tickets, just go to www.talladegasuperspeedway.com, or you can call our ticket agents at one eight seven seven go to Dega. And that's G-O, the numeral 2, D-E-G-A. 
So uh, we'd love to hear from everybody. We've, and we've got a lot of great kids that are left. I know uh, a lot of people are going to be fired up about this race. A lot of people all over the country uh, get fired up, and we see that because we get ticket purchases from every state. All 50 states are represented here. So we're very, very pleased to be able to say that, and uh, I guarantee you the folks that come are going to see a great race and will have a great experience. Thanks a lot, Grant. Thank oh, you. Sorry, Thanks, Russell. I called you Grant. It's Russell. Russell. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I thought called Steven. a lot. Just, just call me, you know. Steven, <laughs> you called him Grant twice. Russell. I did. I okay. just called hey. myself the second time, and I just, I was just like, yeah, I knew we were supposed to have Grant on, and I'm just still sitting here thinking, like, okay, yeah, we've got Grant on, and I'm just like, oh, that's okay. No, never mind. It's Russell. The thing that separates me from him is that he, uh, he he's the big boss, but I have more hair than he does, you know? So everything's good. <laughs> and you always say he's older than dirt, too, Russell, whenever we go to the media deal. You always say Russell, thank you very much. Sounds good, guys. Go ahead. so much for having me. Thanks, Russell. We will see you next weekend at Tyler City Speedway. Thank you very much, Russell. Thank you for us, brother. Appreciate it, Russell. All right. See you, Russell. Bye-bye. Russell Brandenbear, uh, public race director, down at the Super Speedway. Grant had something come up, and uh, Stephen was calling. I am not even going to bring that back up. Anyway, Stephen, do we have any breaking news out of NASCAR that we need to get out? I know uh, I'm going to my website, the website that Stephen Wilson built for me. Anybody needs a website built, just email Stephen Wilson. It's swilson's, uh, com, and uh, his Be Fast Mag is just freaking awesome. Stephen, I'm looking if there's any big stuff we need. Do you have anything we need to get out? Do we have – We have we got anything from NASCAR yet as far as uh, – oh, I won't talk about this. I thought about it earlier. Uh, I was texting you, Stephen. Uh, we had eight drivers fail pre-race inspection in the NASCAR NASCAR Monster Series Cup Series there. At risk, can you – I know you were there covering the sport, covering everything. Is there anything that you've seen out of the ordinary that would cause them eight drivers to fail and have to go to the tail end of the longest line? From what I can tell, it's just random things that NASCAR was looking for within the tolerance level that they just weren't too pleased with, and you know it failed, failed tech um, multiple times. So yeah, eight drivers for them within the top ten, uh, all of them failed, had to go to the rear. Um, I think there was a lot of people really watching Kevin Harvick's car to see whether he was going to pass because you know that's pole sitter to the rear of the field. Um, but yeah, I I, um, I thought it was kind of interesting. We had eight cars. I mean, normally we have a couple here or there, but you know that's that's a fairly good amount of cars. I and mean, um, you know, it came from all manufacturers and all teams. So you know, it wasn't necessarily um, one team like we've seen before, like Joe Gibbs Racing, where three out of the four will fail for the same thing, and uh, or whatever the case, or you know, pick a team and two out of three or whatever number out of the uh, you know group of cars. Um, it just seems to come from all over the place this weekend um, at Richmond. That's right. And, Stephen, uh, the sanctioned body has their weekend off this weekend. It's Easter weekend. Uh, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm off Friday uh, for a good Friday. Uh, Suzanne's off also. I'm pretty sure you're off. Pretty sure AM's off also. But then the following weekend we uh, come to uh, – my home track. <laughs> this 2.66 mile monster, I call it Talladega Super Speedway, Stephen. And we're still working on a guest. Uh, I had texted Woody Kane from MRN, and he said he can't come on Tuesday. So we're going to dig deep. We're going to find somebody for Tuesday prior to the big race weekend here at Talladega Super Speedway. But, Stephen, the, if you don't have any breaking news, we're going to. Uh, we're going to jump out of here, and uh, like I said, I want to thank um, Russell Branham for filling in for Grant. Uh, Grant must have had something come up because Russell was texting me, and uh, he never got a response from Grant, but uh, Russell did awesome. 
that's my good friend there, Russell Brown at Tyler Super Speedway PR director there. Uh, real good guy. If you ever meet him, fans, he's down to earth. He'll sit there. He'll listen to you. Whatever question you got, if he can't answer it, Stephen, no, that was me. I was, I, that was that. No, that was me. I was looking at a video that somebody posted from Richmond this weekend, and I didn't realize the sound was on. <laughs> I saw it, bro. Fans, just follow Stephen Wilson at SpeedwayDiaries.com. He posts videos, audio, and all that, all that stuff. But Stephen, uh, like you said, you don't have anything pending that we need to talk about. I'm trying to go through my notes. I really don't see much either. But anyway, Stephen, let, let everybody know if they can follow you on social media, website, and uh, Twitter, brother. You got the flow. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. And fans, tune in next Saturday morning. Uh, I've been trying to get with Stephen Wilson. We're probably going to do a live show not this Saturday, but next Saturday going to do a live radio uh, output there from Talladega Super Speedway prior to probably quite, we're going to find a time, Stephen, that is, not so loud, you know, because you and I try to do this stuff, uh, and I want to thank Russell. We get a uh, radio room there in the media center at Tidal Super Speedway. But we're going to try to find a time. So uh, I'll get with Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. We'll get everything worked out. I'll post it on social media. But, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we're going to say good night from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain. He's Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Was the summer before the real world started and the deal was we would get to go if we cleaned it up and got it running. That is old Winnebago and winging a prayer down a 65 by best friend on football ties. I can still see Billy smiling when we finally made it. The Talladega
Hallelujah. 